This is episode number 209 with aspiring data scientist Rio Branham. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is Kirill Eremenko, data science coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build your successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today. And now let's make the complex simple. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Very excited to have you on the show. And today we have one of those ultra inspiring episodes. So Rio Branham is an aspiring data scientist who just got his first full-time job as a data scientist literally a few weeks ago. And in this podcast, you will hear lots and lots of passion. So first of all, Rio has listened to all of the episodes of the Super Data Science Podcast, and now he's finally on the show himself. Uh, he's moved from not being in the space of data science one and a half years ago to actually having a job in the space and giving back to the community, inspiring others as well. Um, you will find out quite a lot of interesting things, for instance, what the difference between data science and econometrics is, uh, what kind of tools and techniques Rio uses, his aspirations. Uh, we'll also recap on some of the talks that he attended at Data Science Go because that's, that's where we met with Rio and he told me his story. Uh, and then once he got his job, I was very excited to invite him to the show. And um, why this podcast is very inspirational because of the mindset, because of Rio's mindset and how he you know, approaches things, approaches his learnings. You'll hear about how in a weekend he'll learn how to product, about uh, productization of data science and how he actually set up a little experiment for himself. And um, you will get some ideas on how you can do that too. You will hear how Rio actually declined a job in data science, a job offer in data science, because it was with a company that he wasn't passionate about their mission. And that, I think, in itself is a very inspiring story. Uh, you will also hear Rio make a reckless commitment, just like Rico, Meinl, and Ben Taylor suggest. Rio made a reckless commitment right on this podcast so make sure to listen to it so you can hold him accountable he's going to do something incredible in 2019 and he made that commitment publicly here on the show so lots of exciting things coming up in this episode can't wait for you to check it out so without further ado i bring to you aspiring data scientist rio branham Welcome to the Super Day Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Today I've got a very special guest on the show, Rio Branham, calling in from Utah. Rio, how are you going today? I am doing really well. Carol, how are you? Very, very well indeed as well. And uh, Rio, it was really cool meeting you at Data Science Go. That's the place where we caught up. And uh, thank you for... Um, coming up and saying hi, very, a huge pleasure. And then I found out more about the things that you do. You just got your first job uh, in data science. Congratulations on that. Would love to talk more about that on this podcast. How are you feeling in general after uh, this event, Data Science Go 2018? Uh, I'm feeling really good. A lot of things have kind of 
um, happened in my career since then, and things are just kind of really moving in the right direction. And so, um, if, uh, they weren't, you know, getting this job and things like that weren't a direct result of the conference, but I feel like um, the motivation that I got from the conference and um, notes that I took really have helped me kind of stay motivated and um, really working towards some of my goals. So um, it's it's been it's been great since the, the the conference. Fantastic, fantastic, man. Thanks, and great to hear that. And um, and tell us, uh, and also, and also, it was really cool just now. Uh, just before the podcast, we were chatting, and you mentioned that you've listened to every single episode of the Super Data Science podcast. Hats off to you. That is so cool. That's inspiring for me to hear. How does it feel to now be on the podcast, having listened to all of them, all 200 plus episodes? How does it feel to be on the episode now yourself? Um, it's really exciting. I, honestly, if you went back and told um, told me when I first heard about your podcast that I would be on your podcast, I wouldn't believe you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because really, um, your podcast has been with me the whole way as I've been learning about data science. I mean, I think I barely even knew the term data science when I first found your podcast. Um, so I've really been listening to it for a long time, and it's helped me connect with a lot of people. Um, obviously, Data Science Go, um, w- I would not have been in touch with that if without wasn't a podcast. And learning about new technologies, new um, new tools and things like that, um, it's really been helpful in in moving me along in my career. So it's uh, pretty exciting to be able to share how it's been helpful to me to, to the other listeners of the podcast. Wonderful. And and how long ago was that when uh, you said that you haven't been in the space for that long and now you already have your first job? Just so that our listeners can kind of gauge the timeline. How long ago was, was it when you started out into data science? Sure. Let me probably... Um, a little, little less than two years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how, that's about how long the podcast has been around. Just yeah, to... I think you probably had maybe I don't know a few a few podcasts. Maybe it was a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. um, but it was it was pretty early on. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And um, so, what would you say has been the the biggest um, the, the biggest value that you've gotten from the podcast? You mentioned a couple of things. But what would you say is there like a one thing that's helped you the most in your in your in starting out into data science as a career i would say just getting involved with the community is really kind of the gateway for me because i love listening to podcasts um Mm -hmm. in general but uh, just kind of the gateway into people or technologies or terminologies um really just um bringing me kind of it was a way for me to enter into the data science community um and that's been that's been great and that's really what's kind of got me where i am today gotcha gotcha Okay, well, on that note, let's get started. Tell us a bit about who Rio Branham is. If somebody on the street were to stop you and say, like, uh, who are you and what do you do? What would you say? Uh, well, first I'd say I'm a, you know, I'm a data scientist for UDA Health, uh, which is a healthcare technology startup. Mm-hmm. Um, that's your first job, right? That's your, that's your brand new... My first uh, full-time data scientist position. I did just finish up with a data science internship. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a few months before that, um, at a company called Instructure, mm-hmm. uh, it was a great, great stepping stone as well. But I actually also just recently graduated in April with my undergraduate degree in economics. Congratulations! A, Congratulations. Uh, Lots of things have happened for you this year. Yes, it's been a big year. That's awesome. That's awesome, mate. Um, okay, so sorry I, I interrupted you there. So you first would tell them that you're a data scientist. You're a proud data scientist at Uda Health, uh, which is a health startup in uh, Salt Lake City. Um, what else would you say? 
Um, I'm a big rock climber. I like to get outside. I like to hike and rock climb. I also like to snowboard. Lots of fun outdoorsy things to do here in Utah. Mm. And, um, yeah, I like to participate in all of that. Man, that's so cool. I was just in Yosemite with uh, with Paolo from Day Sands Go. We were there, and uh, man, it's so much fun hiking. I never realized it. It's like you can spend two hours, you can spend 11 hours on a hike and have a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I heard that you were out there in Yosemite. I listened to your podcast, and I was kind of jealous. I haven't made it out there yet. <laughs> yeah, man, it's so close to you. You should definitely go. It's so much fun. All right, okay, so... Yeah, so that's that's a quick intro to to who you are. Tell us a bit about um, like you you did this uh, internship, but how did you get there in the first place? Like, what made you one and a half years ago consider a career in data science? Why did you get attracted to this space? Sure. Well, like I said, I, I just graduated with my degree in economics, um, which is really what I was interested in um, for really from my first semester at, at uh, college. Um, I knew that I wanted to study economics. I liked mathematics. Um, I figured it would be helpful getting me into business, but I didn't quite know what I wanted to do with it. I just figured it would be a versatile degree to get. Um, as I went along, I figured maybe I want to do a PhD in economics. I was really interested in doing research in developing countries. Um, I wanted to kind of do some sort of humanitarian work as a career, but use maybe use research as a way to get involved with that. Mm -hmm. So I was a research assistant uh, for an economics professor uh, for about a year um, at my university and started to, um, you know, a big part of economics is econometrics, which mm -hmm. is, you know, statistical side of um, economics, how to do statistical research, linear regression, logistic regression. Um, so that's kind of a natural overlap with the field of data science, although I didn't know it at the time. Um, but as a research assistant, I was... Um, getting familiar with a, a program called Stata, mm -hmm. which is more, uh, you know proprietary statistical um, software package. Um, so it's not not quite it's not a programming language, but it kind of got me into um, working with data. I was doing a lot of cleaning data sets and uh, merging data sets and running some some of the regressions for some of the research projects that we were working on. And I realized that I loved working with the data, um, and that probably doing the actual research and going going through the PhD program isn't what was best for me, but uh, find find other I was so then I started looking for other career fields where I could use those data data skills and um, and that's kind of when I when I shifted that mindset and, and decided I didn't want to pursue an academic career uh, so then I kind of quit that job and I found a job in industry uh, so I stumbled I, upon data science yep I really did and it was very very lucky that uh, I had a kind of a complementary skill set already from economics yeah yeah well yeah it's that's that's definitely an advantage and uh, but like how did you encounter it did you like meet somebody did you read a book did you uh, was it through the podcast like what was the first encounter where you were like wow data science that sounds pretty cool I, I want to be in the sexiest profession of the 21st century <laughs> Yeah, uh, I definitely didn't didn't come across that until later. But um, good question. <laughs> I so in my program they had a kind of a alumni mentorship program. So um, they would you could sign up for it, and then they would um, match you up with an alumni from the economics program at our university in different career fields. Mm -hmm. So I did that a few times. I met with someone who worked for kind of a research institution out in California. I met I. I was paired up with someone who did economic consulting, which I considered doing for a while. And then 
um, I was just kind of, I just wanted to get exposure to a lot of different people in a lot of different fields. And then I got matched up with a guy named Randall Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a, I got to look up his specific title, but I think, um, he's an economist at Netflix, mm-hmm. but basically he's doing data science. Um, he's using econometrics and data science for, uh, at Netflix. And so started talking to him and that's where I think really when I started to develop this idea that I could leverage the skills that I had and um, get into that field of data science. Um, so I guess that's really where it started. And then I started doing research on my own and that's probably when I came across the podcast and started doing some of my research on my own in the actual field of data science. Okay, gotcha. Wow, what a, what a random coincidence. You get matched up with uh, somebody who's already in the space and then you realize that, wow, this is something you can do. Uh, life is full of these like random moments. What do you think you'd be doing if you hadn't been matched up with Randall Lewis uh, from Netflix? Do you think you would eventually get into data science anyway? I think so. I think it was probably inevitable because I think, I think I was looking for data science without knowing that data science existed. Mm. I wanted to work with data and kind of the the research side of of econometrics that I was doing, you know, using data to make predictions and inference and solve problems. And I mean, that's just the definition of data science. So I think I would have stumbled across it um, at some point. Gotcha, gotcha. And how, how would you say data science is different to uh, econometrics and like what you studied in, in your um, degree? Sure. Uh, econometrics focuses mainly on inference. So rather than prediction, you know, trying to get the most accurate prediction, we're really trying to find strong correlations um, between things. So that's why they use mainly logistic and linear regressions because those are very interpretable. They have coefficients where you can, um, you know, actually see what what effect does this certain variable have on the outcome that we're looking at. You know, for example, income. How much does education affect your income? They're not they're not concerned about predicting your income. They want to know what what factors. Um, make mm. up income, and that's kind of you know that's the research that they do, and it just happens that those are similar techniques um, used in data science, but we're generally a little bit more interested in the prediction side rather than the the inference that we can gain from you know from from those same methods. Very cool. I've never heard that uh, that it described that way, but I think it sums it up well. So econometrics is predominantly focused on inference, whereas data science takes it a step further and talks about prediction and so you find that you you enjoy the prediction part not just the inference yeah I think it provides it's a, just a different uh, it's a different field and it provides different value I think both are are useful mm-hmm. but uh, yeah yeah for sure definitely both are useful um, okay wow that's that's really cool so you're into data science and how is this first position so you've uh, you've been there not that long um, at uh, the health startup, only like a month or so. Um, how are you feeling about that? Like, is this is data science what you imagine it to be? I know you did the internship, but like now being a full time data scientist, how does it feel? Uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's going to be different um, every company and every industry, but um, so far it's been really exciting because it's since it's a startup. Um, we don't have a ton of people. I'm really on the ground floor, which is really exciting. So I'm able to really be involved with um, really important decisions in building out the pr- our product and um, 
and yeah, just important decisions for the business, and that's really exciting to me. So that was one of the things I was looking for was somewhere where I could feel like I was actually having an impact on the company, where my you know the work I was doing as a data scientist would actually be valued, and um, Uda Health is great. They're really um, focused on using data science to make sure that they're um, ahead of the game and and they're making the best product possible. So it's mm-hmm. really exciting, and I love that. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. What's the product? So what they're trying to do um, is improve the payment system in the health healthcare um, industry. So it's really complicated right now between, you know, there's the hospital and then there's the insurance um, companies and then there's the patients. And um, oftentimes the patient doesn't know how much they're going to be paying for the, for, for, you know, any sort of healthcare, um, they get a bill. You know, sometimes it takes a few weeks to get a bill, and, and they're not sure if they need to pay the insurance company or the or the hospital or the doctor's office. And um, it could just get some. It's just not a very clean process. Yeah, so, man, I, I've been there. <laughs> I, sorry to interrupt. I was I was in traveling in the U.S. Um, a few years ago, and I had uh, I was scuba diving, and then I had a small accident, and I had to go to hospital for it. And there's like a five thousand dollar bill that my insurance was meant to cover, and uh, and uh, they said they would, and then I went back home, and this and it's still it's been like two years. They still are talking to the hospital about paying it. It's it's like I, the hospital is messaging me, the insurance company is messaging me, I'm messaging them, and it's like it's such a nightmare. So yeah, very very feel the pain, feel the pain of what's yeah. going on. Yeah, that is exactly what we're trying to get rid of. So um, we're trying to make it more like a retail experience. You know exactly how much you're going to pay, and everybody gets paid immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the, the long-term goal is to really fix that industry. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of research saying that um, there's a lot of waste in the you know, healthcare administration in, in, in this whole process of going back and forth between the different entities and um, you know, just trying to figure that all out. It's just, it's just wasteful of people's time and of a lot of resources, and so we want to try and streamline that. Mate, that is a really exciting application. I'm very pumped that you're working at, uh, at this startup. Really great place to, uh, to start your career. And uh, do you feel that, like you actually can change a whole industry? You know, like you're a data scientist at a business and, you know, like you, the work you're doing can impact people and organizations and make everything much better. Like how, how do you feel about that? Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I decided to work here. You know, I I had um, another job offer somewhere else, and I decided to turn it down because I was I was not passionate about what their their mission was as a company. Mm. And um, with this company, I I really felt like it was something that was necessary and um, was really going to help um, consumers um, in, in the United States. And I feel like that's really important to me is to work for a company where I feel like we can really make an impact. Mm. And so. I was really impressed with the founding team of, of this company. Um, a lot of them worked together at another healthcare startup. Um, they're actually based in San Francisco, but they're also um, building out their engineering team here in Salt Lake City. Um, and so they're just, it just seems like they're very streamlined in the way that they're um, approaching things. They have a lot of great um, talent in the healthcare industry and the technology industry. Um, Usama Fayad is our chief technical officer, and he's um. Uh, in my mind, he's a bit of a legend. He, you know, he's published a lot in the field of data mining. Um, he helped uh, start the KDD conferences, the Knowledge Discovery and Data Mining conferences, and so it really feels like they're um, really embracing data science as a company. 
And I really think that they have, um, you know, as a team, you know, no, no individual person can make the, the whole effect of the industry. But I think as a team, we really um, have a strong team and we're going to be able to, to make some real impact. Um, interesting. So um, I totally agree with that. And I'm going to ask you a very um, provocative question. So it's very exciting to hear that you had multiple job offers and you were able to pick the one that you're truly passionate about. But let's rewind this, rewind the time a little bit, and let's imagine you don't have the second job offer. That you just have the one job offer from the company where you're not passionate about their mission. Would you take it? That's a great question. So, um, at Data Science Go, actually, um, I was talking to Sinan Ozdemir. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I was telling him about this, this struggle I was having because at the time I had the job offer from the other company that I was not passionate about, and I did not have the job offer from this company. Oh. I, was, I had started the interview process with UDA Health, but I had not um, gotten an offer from them yet. And so I, I was struggling with that exact question, you know, because it's hard to say no to a job offer, um, you know, um, when I'm – you know, when I'm looking for a job, yep. um, and I was talking to him, and I was like, I, you know, I really think I'm going to have to turn it down because I don't, I don't think that I'll be happy working there, and I don't think I'd be a good fit for their team. And and he kind of supported me, and he's like, you know, I really admire that. Um, that's really inspiring, and that kind of, I I, th- I think I was going to turn it down anyway, but just having that support from him and um, a few other people that I talked to um, really helped me make the decision that I just I don't want to waste anybody's time. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste the company's time. Um, and even though it was, it was scary and I didn't know you know when the next job offer would come around, I, I did decide to turn it down before I had another job offer. Man, I really admire you for that. That is one of the most inspiring things I've heard on this podcast. And I, heard, I hope our listeners are paying attention to this, that you had a job offer in your hands and you didn't know if you were going to get another one from the other company, but you weren't passionate about it and you turned it down. Huge respect for that. And I think... I think uh, already, already that decision paid off, right? Like you're much happier now with this with this position that you have. Absolutely. Yeah, and good on Sinan for supporting you in that. That's that's the power of community, my friend. That's the power of having somebody to turn to as a mentor or for some advice, and you know, like getting their opinion and uh, getting you know getting verification from somebody more experienced that you are on the right track, that you avoided making one of the biggest. You know, not the biggest one, like a huge mistake that you, you know, might set you back for a couple of years or months in your career, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. Okay, well, that's that's really cool. So, um, you're in this uh, uh, path, uh, in this career now, and uh, all the best. These guys are super lucky to have you. If anybody from UDA Health is listening, then uh, Rio is a very, very passionate person. Somebody who's listened to 200 plus episodes on the podcast, man, you, you got to have it in you to to sit through all of that through all of my blabbering on this show you gotta have it in you so tell us um in addition to all of that you're also actively building your brand online you're building or you're giving back to the community which are synonymous in this field it's it's about you know you build a brand through giving back through sharing your experiences and like you wrote this article my path into data science thus far and you know you mentioned a couple of uh, people that have helped you and you mentioned me as well in the Super Data Science Podcast. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Tell me what what uh, pushes you to do that. Like, you, you know, you could have been just happy that, you know, you have the job and uh, plow away and 
build a career in data science. Why are you doing this? Why are you writing articles? Why did you agree to come on the podcast? What is uh, uh, powering you in that sense? Uh, yeah, well, I listened to your podcast with Randy Lau, uh, who I also was able to talk to at Data Science Go. And, um, you know, his story is pretty amazing, you know, with just kind of sharing his story on LinkedIn. And he's got a ton of followers now. And it's just really, um, he's really a great influencer in that space. And so I kind of had that on the back of my mind. Um, I was thinking about, oh, that'd be cool if I could, you know, start sharing some things. But I didn't really know if I had anything to share, really. Um, so I was trying to just, you know, engage with people, comment on things. And then um, I had someone reach out to me and say that they had been kind of watching my my career path. And I, hadn't, I didn't have this job yet. I was still at my internship. Mm. And, and he was just he just asked me for some tips on kind of how to how to break into the data science field. And so um, I was kind of taken aback. I didn't know that I had anything really exciting to share with him. But I, I ended up writing him a pretty long message back and um and since i had just recently listened to your podcast with randy i was like you know what might as well just make this into something i post on on linkedin you know kind of just basically a, a list of all of the things that i've done so far to help me get into to data science and so i just decided to do that because i kind of had that inspiration i knew that i wanted to be more involved with the community um and so i, I kind of took those things that i wrote to that person and and put them into an article and basically just spent a few hours and threw it all together. Um, didn't probably didn't take as much time as I should have in editing it and all that. But I just was really excited to put something out there and see how well it was received. Um, it it's gotten more uh, more activity recently. Um, you know, a few a few people like yourself have commented on it, and I think that's probably got a little bit more people to see it. But mm -hmm. at first, nobody saw it. Like I got maybe mm -hmm. one or two likes. I was really bummed. I was like, oh man, <laughs> and I was really tempted to take it down. But um, but it seems like there's a few people that have um, reached out to me since who have, have appreciated it. And and I don't remember who, but I think there's been a few people on podcasts who have said that, you know, even if you help one person, that's really worth it. And so to me, um, it's it's really exciting to know that just, just that one simple thing that I did, because it felt really simple to me, um, might help a few other people. That's really exciting. And I, and I really like that. And I would like to, I you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for other people who were willing to share and be part of the community. And so I want to, I want to do the same regardless mm. of how I've been in the industry. Mm. So that, that need to contribute, right? It's, yeah. it's very interesting because I was chatting to my brother today, actually, we went to the beach here in Gold Coast and uh, we were talking about uh, what's uh, an interesting question, like what makes a person plant an orchard, right? Like, uh, so, or, you know, some, um, yeah, for instance, like uh, orchard of uh, certain plants or fruit or, or um, something where they, they're going to get results, but they won't see that in their lifetime. Like what makes somebody go and plant an orchard that they will never see uh, grow to the level, to, to its final potential, to its full potential in their lifetime? It only happened during a kid's lifetime. And I think one of the things is that when you see others do that, when like your parents did it for you or you know, the generation before you did planted an orchard that you're getting benefits from makes you want to contribute and makes you want to give back to the community as well. Even though those, uh, you won't, those like, you won't be able to reap the benefits of, of that yourself. And in this case, like you got some value from other people in the community. So inevitably you have this desire to create value for others, even though it's nothing to do with your own career. It's nothing to do with yourself. It's it's very selfless thing to do. It's taking your time, it's taking your effort, but at the same time, it's helping others. And I think that's where it comes from. What, what would you say? 
I definitely agree. Um, and I just, you know, I mentioned earlier that I, you know, I was interested in doing research in developing countries. Um, and I actually had, was able to sit down with Terry Singh during the Data Science Go and talk to him a little bit about, you know, his AI philanthropy mm -hmm. and how he tries to help startups in other countries, you know, start to implement data science and things like that. And I had a good chat with him because, I don't know, I just feel like, um, I think Pablos made a really good point at the, Pablos Holman at the, the conference. He said that kind of won the lottery being in a developed country, um, having good education. Like that's really, um, that makes you way more um, advanced and have a lot more opportunity than a lot of other people in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I guess I've just always had that mindset where I don't, I don't feel like I deserve a lot of the things that I have. Um, it's just kind of happened, you know, by winning the lottery, being born in the United States and having a good education and having parents that help me, um, you know, grow and learn. And so I just feel like I've always had that helpful mindset where I don't feel like I can really be fulfilled unless I'm doing something to help other people. Um, because, you know, I feel like that's just, I don't deserve to have all the success and things that I have, you know, not that I'm super successful, but, um, just being in the place that I am, I, I didn't deserve that. And so other people also don't deserve, you know, when they're not given the same opportunities. And so I want to do whatever I can, whether that's through helping people professionally, um, you know, get into data science or whether that's, um, eventually doing work and helping bring data science to developing countries to help them progress, you know, whatever it is. Um, I think that's kind of just something that I need to do to feel fulfilled. Wow, fantastic. Very, very admirable, man. That's um, a very inspiring thing to hear, and I'm sure a lot of people will agree with you. A lot of people also think that way. Um, and you mentioned a couple of times already, DSGO, you mentioned that you met Randy Lau, you uh, listened to Publis Holman's keynote speech, you talked to Tari Singh, uh, and a couple of other people. What would you say, let's let's like rewind to the conference a bit, It's been it's been almost a month. What would you say has been um what, what let's say let's start with what was your what were your favorite talks what are some of the favorite talks that you attended there um pablos holman was was definitely my favorite very um, inspiring right yeah i got uh it kind of really aligned with with my values you know kind of talking about how we can use data science to really solve some really big problems so that was really inspiring how um, cool was his video with the shooting down mosquitoes with lasers yeah <laughs> That was really fun. <laughs> that was funny. Okay, Pablo's Holman, who else? That was great. Uh, Rico Mino was great. Um, you know, his um, his challenge to kind of make a commitment and um, commit yourself to something, um, even if you don't quite know how you're going to do it. Um, that was really great. Um, and I kind of made the commitment to to re recommit to to kind of being involved with humanitarian organizations and really trying to re um, revisit that passion that I have. And so after I made that commitment, um, I was able to talk to Terry about it. We had a great talk conversation about that. And then I met someone just networking one of the nights um, who has a really similar interest. And he's actually been doing some work with um, with some nonprofit organizations. And so um, that just kind of felt really cool that I was like, awesome, I made this commitment, I'm going to do it. And then I automatically two different opportunities came up for me to talk to people about about that and build my network and in, in starting to um, approach that so Rico was really inspiring as well wonderful it sounds like you're you're about to fall on his footpaths because in 2017 at data science he was uh, at an attendee and then he like a year later now he's a speaker because uh, he made the commitment he's like Carol a year from now I'll be standing on that stage and inspiring other people and uh, looks like he's passing on the baton to you and it's your turn man to 
to yeah to radically what is, what is this term uh reckless reckless commitment reckless commitment but what is, what is your reckless commitment like i understand in terms of like they're uh, helping uh, developing countries and, and uh you know contributing there but uh in terms of reckless commitment you have to make like uh, the whole notion is to make a commitment that is public and that you cannot cannot go back on. You know that you have to. You say I'm going to do this, and then you know other people hold you accountable to it just because you've already told others. You burned the burned the bridge or you burned the burned the boats. Uh, what is your uh, radical commitment in that sense? Oh, I guess I guess I haven't really really made one yet where I where I kind of made a public commitment. Um, well, how about you make one right yeah. now? That's yeah. I definitely need to do that. <laughs> no, I mean, like right now on the podcast. Okay. Yeah, that so, sounds good. So you want to help third world countries, right? Do humanitarian efforts somehow there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, do you want to travel there? Is that your plan, or you want to like do some remote work for some organization, something like that? What What is your how are you envisioning it? Um, I'd love to do both, but but ultimately, I think I would really enjoy um, being able to travel and visit places and be with people um, and, and kind of do okay. that. Okay, all right. There. So how about we make a, this is my suggestion, no pressure, but how about you make a public commitment right now on the podcast uh, that you will travel to a developing country in 2019 and whether it's through data science or not, but you will help at least one person there. All right, that's a great commitment. I love it. Yeah, I will. But you, I'm going to hold you accountable to it. Like I'll ask you okay. next year. Yeah. All right. Sounds, All right. Yeah, Here I come. Ten, okay, 10,000 people in the next two weeks are going to hear this, and 10,000 people are going to hold you accountable. Um, you, my friend, Rio, you're going to a third world country, a developing world in 2019 to help at least one person. Commitment made. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for the support. Rico is going to be proud of you, my friend. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, uh, Rico's talk. So, Pablo's Holman, Rico. Um, you're probably like <laughs> nervous right now, sweating. You just made this public commitment. <laughs> I can't think of a podcast. But come back to us. What, uh, what was another talk that you liked? Um, um, Gabriela de Caroz was really inspiring as mm -hmm. well. With the deep learning uh, hacks, yeah? How, how yeah. quickly you can apply deep learning. Yeah, that was really great. I have um, I haven't really applied a lot of deep learning yet. Um, that was um, another big takeaway. Something that I really I want to start looking into more because um, I don't. Know, I kind of have this complex in my head where I feel like I, I have to do everything from scratch, and and I think that's really valuable. But I also think I need to realize that sometimes efficiency is more important. And so, if you can utilize other tools that are out there, um, then that's something that can really be beneficial. So. Um, I have not yet, but I'm planning on looking into, um, you know, the the resources that she mentioned and and trying to apply those because that was uh, pretty impressive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, that I heard quite a few comments from Gabrielle, and um, she was actually also running a panel. Uh, which panel did you attend? Did you attend the Future of Technology or the Women in Data Science? The Future of Technology. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. What did you think of that panel? It was really great. Yeah, it was it was fun to see all you guys up there talking about um, answering questions and talking about the future of data science. It was insightful. Okay. Gotcha. Thanks. So, Pablo's Rico, Gabriela, uh, chatted a bit about the panel. Well, all right. So, those are some of your favorite talks. That's that's really cool. What would you say uh, was your 
um, like a month from now, you know, like you, you got, you got a, your first position in data science. Amazing. How are you applying the things that you learned? So, and this is, this goes out to all our listeners who are, um, who are also at data science go. One of the things we said was, all right, you learn a lot of things, but now make a commitment to apply at least one thing throughout your career. And, uh, and you know, get the benefits of being here, of all the things that you learn. How would you say you are applying some of the things that you learn, and how are you planning on continuing doing that in the in the months to come? Sure. Well, um, I took a lot of great notes, and um, I've been reviewing them and and figuring out different um, actions action items that I need to complete. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other things that was great um, was Ben Taylor. He talked about. Um, you know, how, how you really need to have passion mm-hmm. to be successful. And um, he talked about having having like a passion project, something that you're really just passionate about um, and that you do kind of on the side um, that really you can show show other people that you're, you're, you're spending your free time on it. And um, so that's something that I've started on. I've started to think of some um, and I've started to poke around, playing around with some data sets online that are interesting to me to see what kind of personal projects I can put together because um, that's really um, motivating for me as well because you know work is great um, and I love my job um, and but sometimes you want to work on something that's just for fun and um, and so I've really taken that to heart and I've started um, you know and and the point is to keep myself motivated work on something fun but also um, if I want to practice some new techniques um, or some new frameworks or something, then I can apply that to kind of a personal project on the side. Um, so I can be gaining some experience as well as kind of keeping myself occupied and um, doing something fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really cool. And so um, what, what's uh, what's a fun project that you're like considering at the moment? Um, I don't have a well-defined project, but um, I really like, I mentioned, I like rock climbing, I like hiking, and there are a lot of um, websites where um, you can look up different hiking routes and different rock climbing routes. And so I'm thinking about trying to utilize some of that data um, on that, um, from those websites, and they have a lot of data about people who have um, gone on those hikes or done those rock climbs and see if I can come up with some cool visualizations. Um, you know, I haven't totally defined what the project would be yet, but I've identified some of, some of these sources where I might be able to get some fun data to play with. Well, that's so cool. That's so cool. I was just thinking as you were talking that uh, in Yosemite when we were there, one of the main pain points was there's like three different maps. There's like, I don't know how many hikes, maybe 50 different hikes you can do. And there's three different maps that I had to carry around. And it's also not... The internet reception is almost non-existent there, so I had to carry around three different maps, like paper maps, and then look at one, look at another one, look at a third one to find the route. And it'd be really cool if somebody like created an interactive tool that you could, you know, maybe even download on your computer because reception is not great there. Or maybe they could have it as an iPad at Yosemite or something like that. They do have Wi-Fi, so you could probably like use it if you um, you went online through their Wi-Fi. But anyway, so that you could like you could have these routes as a map, and then you could like just put your mouse over one and highlights, and then you're like, oh, you can go this way, you can go this way. During winter, this path is closed. During summer, this this lake is you know uh, dried out. Whatever you don't want to do that, and and like give some valuable tips. It would be would have been really helpful for me in terms of hiking. So just as an idea for you there, something something along those lines could be cool. Yeah, that's a great idea. Hmm. Okay. Um, that's, that's, that's a really interesting 
uh, takeaway. I, I agree, Ben Taylor has some of the best talks in the house, and uh, this time he's talking about passion, and it's good that um, you got that takeaway from him there. Um, and uh, on that note, I'd like to kind of like shift gears a bit and talk about your tools and techniques. You know, like you got your job at data science, as a data scientist, you've uh, been listening to a podcast for a long time. Uh, like even though you know you don't have like ten years or you know five years experience in the field, you already kind of know what's going on and you know what you kind of I'm assuming you know what you want to focus on or at least in which way in which direction you want to explore your career. What would you say are some of the top tools uh, that you use in your work as a data scientist right now? Currently, Python is the biggest one. Um, that's pretty much where I do all of my work. Um, I actually started out learning R, um, but then transitioned to Python because um, some of my other coworkers were using it. But Python is what I use right now to, um, you know, access data from our database and then to do all of my modeling and visualization and um, exploration of the data um, and understanding what's going on with the data. So I would say really probably everything that I'm doing right now is in Python. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Um, Python's a powerful tool and uh, what kind of um, techniques do you use for instance models is it logistic regression and decision trees random forest deep learning uh, what would you say are some of the most powerful tools on one hand that you have in your tool set until in your toolkit on the other hand that you've had a chance to use not maybe not necessarily at your current job because you just started but maybe through your internship and uh, what do you think that fi- what do you think employers find useful Sure. Um, Random Forest has been a really good one for me. Um, it's it's pretty powerful and pretty um, fast, and um, it also um, provides some level of interpretability. You know, we can kind of get some importance measures for each of the different features that we're including. Um, so that's been a, a good one. But honestly, um, one of the things that I've realized is sometimes simplicity is is better, mm-hmm. um, especially. Or a company, um, they sometimes they need to understand what's going on in your model. So just a simple decision tree, um, or you know, logistic regression. Um, it's um, it's a little bit easier to explain what's going on. Um, and oftentimes, um, what I've noticed is um, sometimes I'll come in with an idea and be like, oh, maybe we can apply deep learning here. Um, and and deep learning definitely has its place. Mm-hmm. But I think that sometimes it's um, sometimes it's not worth the kind of computational effort. Um, on a problem that doesn't need it. Um, so that's kind of what I've um, come across so far um, and through the internship mainly is where I've kind of experienced that is um, I did a little bit of natural language processing um, projects there that was really fun. Um, use some, you know, basically in Naive Bayes is kind of the um, really simplest way to apply that and that was really getting us good results and so we didn't feel the need to move on to try and do some really complex deep learning models on our natural language processing um, we also didn't have massive amounts of data you know when which is um, when when deep learning would be a little bit more useful so yeah decision trees a random forest naive bays for um, natural language processing um, yeah okay okay gotcha so um, okay mate thanks uh, thanks for the overview I'm sure a lot of people will find those uh, uh, interesting how you went about natural language processing and, and the whole concept of doing what's enough. I think that's a valuable piece of advice. You know, sometimes you're right. Sometimes data scientists get carried away and just jump straight in uh, to like deep learning or AI or something like that in a like you know shooting 
shooting at pigeons with a cannon. That's that's what we say in in Russian metaphors. Um, yeah, it's the eighty twenty rule. You gotta you gotta do su- sufficient is sufficient. Why why do more when it requires more computational power, more time, and more effort? When maybe a basic uh, you know sometimes even a logistic regression is sufficient as in comparison to a deep learning algorithm. And uh, on that note, uh, let's do a rapid fire list of questions um, to see to kind of like get to know you a bit better. So are you ready for this? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, who or what has had the most influence on you to become a data scientist that you are today? Um, I would say that um, there's been a lot. Your podcast has been really helpful. I think I mentioned that already, mm-hmm. um, kind of getting me in touch with the community, different people to to follow along with. Um, some of the mentors that I've had um, you know, through my, my undergraduate economics program who helped me point, point me in the right direction. Um, help me realize that data science is what I wanted to do. Um, and I think, I think my parents have been really influential as well in, in the part where they have encouraged me to pursue my passion. And, um, I think that's kind of where I got that, um, where I've really gotten that nature of wanting to help, um, in whether that's professionally or, or in my personal life. But, um, so the data scientist that I want to be is someone who can, um, help out who can really have an impact with a company who's doing some you know important work and so I think um, my parents have had a big influence on that being something that's important for me um, and yeah just um, as I built a stronger network over LinkedIn um, all the different influencers um, people that you've you've connected me with or other people that um, I've come across on my own um, just kind of seeing them pursue their passions has really helped me uh, realize kind of what path I want to take and and how to how to get there Wonderful. And you mentioned uh, community. We've mentioned community a couple of times. What did you think of, uh, in my opening keynote at Data Science Go, I said that there's three keys to succeeding in this changing uh, world of data science. And uh, that, you know, you got to focus on your skills, you got to focus on your career, and you got to uh, focus on the community. Uh, what's, what did you think of that? Um, I think that was spot on. Um... Why is that? I think it is really important. Like I said, it kind of really provides a lot of motivation, um, at least for me, um, being in touch with people, seeing seeing other people um, have success in the industry, um, really helped me, um, you know, continue pushing forward. You know, because a lot of um, a lot of the influencers on on LinkedIn will be really encouraging and motivating, and a lot of people that I talk to at Data Science Go, um, you know, really kind of to see other people have you know, believe in you, um, and tell you that you should keep going and keep working on things is really important because, uh, data science can be, a, you know, as a technical field and it can be really daunting sometimes to feel like you're never going to know everything that you need to, you're never going to be able to, you know, um, get a job because it's just too competitive. But, um, that community, um, is really important in helping you realize that there's a place for you here and people are willing to help. And uh, yeah, so I think that it's a uh, plus. I think another point of community that maybe isn't mentioned as much is that collaboration is really important as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think rarely is a successful data science project done with one person. Um, it really often takes a team. Um, you know, from data engineers to data scientists to um, you know other business leaders. But um, even having multiple data scientists work on one project together, um, just having another set of eyes and another mind working on something can be 
can really enhance um, your productivity. And so I think that um, collaboration is really important, and that comes from building a community as well. Yeah, totally agree with that. That's a very, very valuable point. And also, like, we all go through ups and downs in our lives and careers, you know, light, po- light times and dark times, and community is what keeps you going in those dark moments when you, you know, maybe are unsure about the next step in your career or you're, uh, having a rough patch and you know you have somebody to turn to that you're not completely alone uh, s- like a safe place where you know that as you said people people will make you feel that there's a place for you here that's that's very important I think that's that support uh, component or community that's valuable as well all right um, next question um, we've already talked about tools a little bit so what tools do you use on a ba- daily basis you mentioned Python is there are there any other tools that use on a daily or even weekly basis? Uh, let's see. I mean, using SQL daily, you know, to, to extract data from our databases. Um, SQL and Python. Anything for visualization? What do you use for visualization? Right now, I mainly use Python for visualization, honestly. Um, Seaborn? Uh, yeah, Matplotlib and Seaborn um, is really what I've used mostly. I actually got really comfortable with ggplot2 in R mm-hmm. um, and building some shiny apps and that was um, um, something that I think that I would like to start incorporating a little bit more just because um, I really enjoyed it and I really had a lot of um, success building visualizations with that but currently I just I'm in Python so I just it's, it's pretty simple to just throw together a visualization um, in Python. Gotcha okay uh, what techniques do you use most commonly uh, tell us a bit more uh, about them uh, you mentioned like we mentioned some of the um, algorithms that you use, uh, which is which was probably the answer to this question. So let's rephrase the question: What are the some of the libraries that you use most commonly in Python? Hmm, definitely um, pandas for exploring data sets. Um, Scikit-learn is really where I do most of my modeling from in in Python. Um, NumPy is useful there as well for manipulating data um, with matrices. Uh, Matplotlib and Seaborn we mentioned. Um, really just the standard data science um, libraries in Python is is what I'm able to get most of my work done with. Cool. Is there anything that you're very excited to learn? Like what's, what's the next big thing that you're going to be learning in terms of libraries or Python algorithms? Um, something that I'm I am excited to get a little bit more into deep learning, and um, I started taking your course on super data science, so I'm excited about that. Awesome. Um, but one one area that I think that I'm really excited about is learning a little bit more about um, production and and putting algorithms into, you know, into production. So learning a little bit more about cloud technologies and um, Docker and some some web frameworks like Flask and Django in Python. Um, you know, it's it may or may not be definitely you know, uh, directly relevant to my job but I think that it's still a useful skill to be able to um, you know import um, your machine learning models into some sort of framework that can actually be used um, by a product by some software by some API so that's something that I've really just um, been interested in and want to build out that skill gotcha uh, that's, a, that's a very cool comment and you know you give me an idea gave me an idea for a course on we don't you don't normally see courses or people like places where people can learn about productization of data science um, projects and uh, outputs. So that, I think that's a very valuable skill to have. It's been mentioned on the podcast a couple of times that 
data science doesn't stop when you bring the insights. A lot, like most of the time, you actually need to deploy that model so that it's part of the business, that it's integrated, that it's now a product that can bring value on a consistent basis and you can always, um, you need to maintain it and you need to take care of it. And um, yeah, so that's a whole thing in its, its own right, a whole different skill set. So really cool that you're already looking into that. All right, uh, next question. What is the biggest challenge you've ever had as a data scientist? Oh, um, I think the biggest challenge has honestly been overcoming self-doubt. Wow. Um, a lot like, of times, it's like that time when you thought you you should take down the article that you wrote because nobody's yeah. looking at it. Yeah, definitely, and things like that. Um, and maybe that's just personal to me, but uh, I think everyone can relate a little bit, you of know, course. to feel like um, a little bit of the imposter syndrome or feeling like you know your work's not quite good enough. Um, but some, a pattern that I've started to see recently is that I build up in my head this idea that something that I want to learn is just too hard mm -hmm. and it's just too complicated and I'm never going to be able to get it. But that's you know, before I even try. Um, and that can kind of get me down sometimes. But I've noticed that um, with, a, with a number of things, once I start learning it, once I really start to put in the effort and kind of move past that, that doubt and that fear of it's going to be too hard, it actually comes. Um, and it's, it's not as difficult as I make it out to be. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not easy, but I realize once I put in the effort, I, I can learn them. You know, I felt that way about programming when I first started. I, um, I thought programming was just way too complicated. And I definitely know, don't know everything about programming, but it started to come once I really put effort into it. Um, same thing with, with machine learning and, you know, different like learning about natural language processing, learning about GitHub, learning about, you know, or, or the, the thought of getting a job, you know, all of these things at, before I learned about them, before I achieved them, I had that kind of doubt that it was possible. Um, and so being able to recognize that pattern has been useful because now I can say, okay, what, what things am I thinking of that about right now? Okay, maybe I'm thinking that about deep learning because I haven't really approached it yet. But if I, if I kind of get, if I acknowledge that, then I can get rid of the doubt and I can just go into it and start learning and, and just not, um, not be too worried about it. So I think that's been the biggest thing for me to overcome, um, is just kind of realize that I have a lot more potential than I give myself uh, credit for. Wonderful. That's very inspiring to hear. I think we, we all should learn from that. Everybody has those moments. Like I have those moments. Um, er, like everybody I know has those moments where you're like, oh, can I do this? Can I, can I not do this? You got to power through. You got to believe in yourself. We have, we all, you know, as human beings, we have so much uh, power inside us. Um, there's a motivational video. I don't remember uh, who it was by, but it's like one of the uh, famous quotes which is mentioned there is that, uh, it is our light, not the dark, not the darkness that most frightens us. Like a lot of the time, we're actually scared that um, the self-doubt comes from like, what if, what if I can actually do it? You know, like you think that it's it's self-doubt that you you're thinking, what if I can't do it? What if I'm not good enough? But in reality, we're just afraid of the uncertainty of what happens when we go to this next level. Once we do do it, and once we do accomplish what we are after, we've never been there. You know, like it's a comfort thing. We're comfortable in our current uh, zone, like it's called the comfort zone for a reason. Like you, we we know what we know, but once you do accomplish, you know, you do learn programming or you do master that machine learning algorithm, it's a whole new world is that you have to adapt to and learn how to live in and thrive in, because now you have more power in your hands, 
and you're not used to it so it's much easier to just like hold back and be like um you know i'm afraid that i'm not good enough in reality you just a lot of the time we're just afraid of that we are we are good enough and we just when it's not something we've experienced before so so very exciting to hear that and and it's a big thing like i admire you for admitting that you know like it's uh it's a big thing to look your fears in the eyes and especially you know like voice them on a podcast so i'm sure a lot of people will be able to relate to that so thanks so much for mentioning that my friend yeah all right uh next one what is a recent win you can share with us that you've had in your role something that you're proud of of course you know getting a job as a data scientist that's a massive win but what's what's a runner-up after that sure um i think kind of what i mentioned i'm I'm interested in learning a little bit more about you know um putting machine learning models into production um Mm -hmm. so this was actually you know a couple months ago my internship but um i kind of got that bug and i was like i want to start learning about that and so I spent a weekend kind of researching it, learning about AWS and Docker and and Flask and all these other tools that I really haven't played around with yet. And um, in the pro- in the process of a weekend, I built kind of just like a really simple machine learning model on kind of a public data set um, and was able to build out a really simple API um, that I could access and kind of call call my model and and get predictions from. And um, that was something that was really exciting for me. It just kind of uh, reconfirmed what we were just talking about, which is oh wow, like. I can do hard things like this is really simple and really basic and I have a ton more to learn but um, I went to went, in, went into it with the thought process of I just need to build like the most simple thing possible and then once I see that it works like that's just going to be a big motivation booster and then I know that I can move further and so that was a really fun thing a uh, little side project that I did just over the weekend um, to kind of to kind of prove to myself that I could do something. Wow that was done over a weekend man that is really impressive that's very cool. Uh, so it's not that hard at the end of the day, you know. What, what did you say? Docker, Amazon, and uh, Flask, right? Yeah, that's so cool. And uh, so it took you a weekend to do that. And uh, tell us, so what does the end result of that project look like? You put a model into a system where it can be like con- continuously deployed and uh, bring value. Is that right? Yeah, so I mean, I, I ended up, you know, just taking it down because it, it was just oh, kind of a practice. But yeah. the idea is um, it would be, you know, you would have some URL endpoint um, the, where you could call, um, you know, from anywhere. Um, since it was live, it was hosted on, on Amazon Web Services, and you'd be able to, you know, you'd have this machine learning model that you've built in the background, and then you're able to call this uh, with, through the through an API interface, um, call the URL, and you can you can you can send some new data to this model and it'll send you back the prediction from this model that you've already trained. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that can be useful in, in tons of different situations where you have a model and you want to put it out into production where you want to be able to get new predictions on new data. Um, so it's once you've built the model, then you can, um, then it's accessible for you to interactively um, and continuously get new predictions on, on new data that comes through. Wonderful. Well, thanks. I think that would be very valuable to other people. Is it, is that code on GitHub that people can have a look at it? Uh, I don't think it is yet. I should definitely put it up there, though. Yeah, I will. please do put it up, and we'll share the link in the show notes when, when you're ready. I think a lot of people can get value from learning how you did that. Awesome. Okay. Um, uh, next one is uh, getting to the end. What What is your one most favorite thing about being a data scientist? Oh, um, I love a lot of things about it. I think one of the really fun things for me is being able to identify where data science is in my everyday life. 
Um, it seems to kind of pop up everywhere, mm. you know, whether it's like, um, you know, you see on, you know, on a lot of these apps, you know, Messenger and Snapchat, they have these these facial filters, you know, where you can see different like, you know, you can put um, dog ears on your face and things like that. And just like seeing people do that, like, oh, like that's artificial intelligence, like or or just different apps that I use on my phone. And then just kind of being able to identify how data science is really in a lot of different places um, and just just the diversity of uh, of data science and how it can be applied in almost every field you can possibly think of. Um, I love that. You know, you're not constrained to a certain industry or a certain type of project. You can really, um, you can really apply it anywhere you want, and that's really inspiring to me. That's so cool. You're actually reading my mind, like the because when we're recording this podcast, uh, the episode that's coming out tomorrow. It's a five minute Friday episode, exactly about that. It's exactly about. Um, what's uh, like where they finding data science in your life and and I'm give a couple examples on of mobile apps that really like blow my mind um, and I and I there's value in that it's important like as data scientists that we actually do that that we uh, not just use them and that's it but like kind of like think about oh how did they do this you know did they use deep learning or natural language processing without deep learning or did they use you know some machine learning algorithm is this an artificial intelligence what kind of ai is this reinforcement learning how is it learning and things like that because that uh, helps inspire creativity that helps inspire innovation in us when we see all these applications we don't just uh, use them like you know, like like we'd nor like nor would normally use them, but like we actually use them with this critical thinking in mind of how can this, how would I do it, and how could this maybe benefit my career? So very inspiring to hear that. Like man, we're on the same wavelength in that sense. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, and uh, my favorite question, and spe- especially I'd love to hear your opinion because you know you're starting out, you uh, you've got all this plenty of knowledge in the field and you're starting out in your career, uh, where do you think the space or the field of data science is going and what's, what are you preparing uh, in uh, anticipation of the future and what should our listeners prepare for? Um, I really see the democratization of data science being a big part of it where more and more people are going to be able to get into the space. Um, I also think that it, um, I think that the roles within data science are going to become more distinct and more defined. So, um, you know, we talk a lot about um, job descriptions and how sometimes they're looking for a unicorn who does everything. And and really, sometimes there's three or four different jobs that are rolled up into one job description mm-hmm. um, to be separated out. So I think that will become more defined over time, you know, uh, what a data engineer is, someone who's a data, you know, is, specializes in data visualization and all the different areas of data scientists, not just a data scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think people will be able to specialize better that way. Um, I think that that will become um, roles in data science will become available to a broader set of people with a broader set of skill sets, not just um, you know machine learning, deep learning, and AI. Uh, so I think that'll be important. Um, something that I picked up from the conference from Sinan um, talk about. Um, uh, he talked a lot about security and um, kind of the, di- the different dangers of um, artificial intelligence and machine learning. And I think that that's something that's going to be um, need to be talked about a lot. Is about um, you know what to do about um, potential security threats from different algorithms um, or you know bad actors who might be using machine learning um, or or just kind of you know data privacy things like that I think that's going to be talked about much much more um, me personally 
You know, I don't, um, like I said, I, I have some general skills that I want to kind of work on, like deep learning and um, and things like that. But um, I mostly try to stick to what what are the problems that I have right now at, you know, at my job or that I'm trying to solve personally in like a personal project. And then I try to just learn the skills um, in the moment that are going to help me with that project. Um, I feel like um, one that helps me learn that tool or that technique better because I'm actually applying it right away. Um, but two, it's, um, you know, I only have limited amount of time. So if I spend a bunch of time trying to study things that I'm not applying in the moment, um, it's a little bit more efficient for me, I guess, to try to learn as I go. Um, and maybe that's not the best way to approach it, but, um, you know, what, what do I need to accomplish this task? And it, I guess just be aware of other techniques that are out there, even if I don't know how to use them yet, being aware of them is helpful because then I can say, okay, Oh, for this task, I'm actually going to need to know a little bit more about computer vision. So I'm going to go research that because it's applicable right now. Um, I think a lot of times people will jump into it. And, and I think when you're first getting into it, yeah, you definitely need to get exposed to a lot of different parts uh, or a lot of different areas of, of data science. Um, but just trying to, um, I think Ben Taylor mentioned this too, just trying to pick up a little bit here and a little bit there um, and not really dive deep into anything um, kind of leaves you without... Um, without a lot of actionable skills um, that you can really provide value. So um, I think it's important to make sure that what you're learning is something that you can actually apply or that you actually will be able to apply either at your current job or at a future job or in some project you're working on right now. So maybe that's not as specific as you were looking for, but that's that's my take on it. No, no, totally love it. That's it's a great overview, and I think some people are going to get uh, some great ideas and valuable pushes for their next steps from that um thanks so much rio it's been it's been a huge pleasure having you on the show i think this podcast has actually gone over time but i've been enjoying it thoroughly thoroughly and gaining a lot of value myself uh before i let you go though um what's the best way that people can get in touch with you and contact you follow your career maybe collaborate you as you mentioned one, with, with you as you mentioned one of the uh, key benefits of community in data science is cal- collaboration. So what's some of the best ways to get in touch? Uh, LinkedIn's probably the best way to, to get in touch with me. I'm trying to be much more involved there. So, um, you know, I'm more than happy to respond to anyone who reaches out and connect. And, um, yeah, so LinkedIn, just Rio Branham. And, you know, with the spelling of my last name, we can put that in the in the show notes. It's a little For bit sure. complicated. For sure. And uh, uh, so it's Rio Branham, and we'll put that in yep. the show notes as well. And uh, make sure to post when you do go overseas next year to a um, developing country to help out. Make sure to post an article about that. We'll all be looking out for it. Definitely. I will absolutely do that. Okay. One more question for you today. What's a book that you can recommend to your fellow data scientists to help empower their careers? Sure. So a book that really helped me a lot was uh, Introduction to Machine Learning with Python. Um, it's by Andreas C. Mueller and Sarah Guido. Um, it just does a really great deep dive into, or not not deep dive, but really a comprehensive overview of a lot of the different techniques that you need um, to get started with machine learning. And that was really helpful for me. So um, I'd re- recommend that. Thank you. Thank you. So that's Introduction to Machine Learning with Python. Okay, on that note, uh, thanks so much, Rio, for coming on the show. Great episode. Uh, really enjoyed it. And you know, finally, finally, after listening to 200 plus episodes, you're on the podcast and I think we did a fantastic job and a lot of people are going to get a lot of uh, great, valuable insights from this. Thanks again, Rio. Thank you, Carol.
So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you enjoyed today's episode and got a lot of valuable takeaways. I know it went a bit over time, but that's because Rio had so many interesting and inspiring things to share. I'm sure we all got a little bit, at least a little bit of inspiration from this episode. And make sure to hold Rio accountable to his reckless commitment that he made for 2019. And think of what reckless commitment could you make for your career or for your life in the coming years since we're coming up to end of the year very soon and also i would like to say that probably my favorite part of this episode was when rio told us about how he declined a job offer for in a data science company even before he had the job offer that he truly wanted with the company he was passionate about simply because he was not passionate about the mission of that other company the first one so that's something that we should all keep in mind that it is our lives that uh, we're, we are investing into um, our careers and we want to be working on something that we are indeed and truly passionate about. And on that note, uh, make sure to connect with Rio. You can get the show notes at www.superdatascience.com slash 209. You'll get all the links there and plus the a transcript for this episode, a URL to Rio's LinkedIn, connect with him and follow his career. And also on that note, we talked a lot about Data Science Go. We've got a, a special final promotion running for the Data Science Go recording. So if you haven't jumped onto that yet, this is the last day, last opportunity to jump on that. You can find um, the Data Science Go recordings from 2018 available at www.datasciencego.com recordings. Make sure to check that out if you haven't yet. And thanks so much for being here today. I look forward to seeing you back here next time. Until then, happy analyzing.